Hi there, everybody. Welcome to You're Doing Fine, Oklahoma, where we explore mysteries, hauntings, and family secrets from the great state of Oklahoma and beyond. I'm Shy. And I'm Shanna. We're wannabe mystery solvers and cousins that love to hash out our favorite whodunits during family time. Our husbands are afraid of us, as As they they should be. be. Okay, we're back. We're back for part two. Part de, <laughs> as the French say, here in Oklahoma. A de. De. Part de. Um, I just think, Shan, after thinking about it, it is just crazy to me because 730 in July, it's light outside. Mm-hmm. And for this to have happened between 730 and 930 is when the women found her right right I means this happened in broad daylight and so it wasn't like it was she was running at five in the morning right i know a ton of people that do run before the sun comes up one there's not as many people on the roads right two it's a lot cooler i love a 5 a.m yeah cruise through the streets yeah myself yeah and so ain't nobody out to see Except that weird guy smoking a cigarette that I told you about that one time. Yeah, just hanging out. It's terrifying. It's weird, but it's fine. Yeah, I have little elderly people that walk before the sun comes up in my neighborhood, and it's just the most precious thing, and we're always greeting each other, so. Yeah. So, I guess we should say, like, right now, if you haven't listened to part one, go, like, stop here. Just hit pause. And go back to part one, because if not, you're going to be hellaciously confused about what the fuck is going on. So lost. Please don't. <laughs> we don't want to. We don't want you to be lost. We want you to be right on time. And we want you to be with us. Following the trails. <laughs> we want you to be following along. Able to understand us. Yeah, please, for the love of God. <laughs> Even with our weird accents. Hey. <laughs> you have way less of an accent than I do. Do you think listening to this uh-huh. when I do editing and stuff, yeah. listening to it, I'm like, okay, first of all, my voice is the most nasal voice <laughs> because my nose is always stopped up from Oklahoma allergies. <laughs> always. Right. And secondly, I never thought of myself as having an accent because when you live in the Midwest, you really think you have no accent. You yeah, think 100. you don't have. The East Coast accent, you think you mm-hmm. don't have the Texas accent Mm-mm. or the Southern. Right. You just are like, oh, we're we're living out here talking like normal people. No. no. I have way more of an accent than you do. I don't even know how that's possible. I don't either. Because we grew we up in the same. we grew up in literally small, five blocks from each other. We grew up small town, rural Oklahoma. So yeah. farm country, Oklahoma. So... Yeah, I don't know how it's possible, but I definitely have an accent. I think I made it a point at a young age to not have an accent is probably why. Yeah, I think you've worked <laughs> on it way more than I have because I don't give a fuck. I'm <laughs> like, please ask me about my accent, you know? Yeah, I don't. I ask don't, us about our accent. <laughs> I don't want people that, that I don't know to ask me about my accent. 
I especially love people in England asking about my accent. Oh, I know. Because they are so stoked when they find out I'm from Oklahoma and they're like, oh, rodeos and cowboys and tornadoes. Tornadoes. They love it. Yeah. But they don't understand, uh, they don't realize, not that they don't understand, that was not right. They don't realize that we are so in love with in their love accent. With their accent. Yeah. And just, we could just talk to them and listen to them. I love them. For days on end. Yeah. yeah. Um, shit, that went sideways real fast. Okay. Um, <laughs> Any who's it. Back on track, Shan. Let's not, let's not squirrel out. Here we are. Um, so let's pick up where we left off. Right. We are in March 1986. Right. Jeffrey Todd Pierce has just been arrested. Got it. And charged with the rape from Northwest uh, OKC in the apartment. So I'm going to call it the apartment rape because I'm not going to put this girl's name out here. She's a living rape victim. Okay. Um, I'm going to call it the apartment rape. Okay. 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 Um, that occurred in 1985. So investigators with the Oklahoma City Police Department have basically, in their minds, tied together the Judy Weikert rape and murder Mm -hmm. from July of 1984 to this apartment rape in 1985. Okay. They feel super confident that they've got their man based upon the fact that uh, Jeffrey Todd Pierce has this uber rare blood type that less than 1% of white men have. Okay. And both perpetrators from both crimes share hair that is found to be, quote-unquote, microscopically consistent when compared. Okay. All right? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So put that feather in your cap. Got it. Okay. So Jeffrey Todd Pierce does not necessarily match the description of the Weikert attacker. All right? Okay. Was he tiny? (laughs) <laughs> um, he was thinner. Okay. Okay. Um, and this will kind of come, come full circle here in a moment. So in, uh, 1986 in the fall, um, Jeffrey Todd Pierce is tried for the apartment rape. Um, and the basis of the state's case is the the hair comparison and the blood type. Okay. 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 Um, they never charged him with the Weikert murder at all. Okay. All right. So during the rape victim's initial report to police where she provided a description of the man who attacked her. Mm-hmm. She stated that he was very blonde-headed. Okay? Okay. Natural blonde. Okay. So when I think of that, I think of, like, we know a few of those people that are so blonde that their hair is, like, white. Right. From birth to right. yes. death, right? Um, so that was in her initial report. And when she was asked... In court, if Jeffrey Todd Pierce was similar to her recollection of her reported attacker, she answered, as he's sitting here right now, 
he is not a very blonde person. Okay. Oh, Lord. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, as a whole, Jeffrey Todd Pierce's defense uh, counsel, in my opinion, did what they could do. Okay. So, they attempted multiple times to get evidence thrown out. There was a composite sketch that was drawn um, between the Oklahoma City Police Department sketch artist and this rape victim. Um, It was sort of found through court proceedings that the rape victim had requested that the sketch be redrawn after the fact. Um to get it right. Okay. And this composite was not anywhere close to Jeffrey Todd Pierce. The first composite or the second? The one she wanted redrawn. Did the, they do that? The final that they did. Okay. So she wanted to get it super right. It was not anywhere close to Jeffrey Todd Pierce. So, okay. Okay. So, um, and during trial, it was also brought into evidence that the victim reviewed two photo photo lineups, like I had said, yeah. months apart. In the first, Pierce is not identified at all by her. She did not identify any of the men in the lineup as her attacker. In the second, Pierce is wearing a tan-colored T-shirt, which was part of the victim's description that her attacker was wearing at the time. So essentially, they called him in, took his photo, and before the photo was taken, they were like, here, put on this tan shirt. Did they do that with the other guys? He was the only one. (sighs) Okay, so let's sway um, someone's Mm -hmm. um, person. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -mm -mm. Yep. Yes, queen. No. Exactly. So his his defense attorney is like, um, uh, pardon, excuse me. Um, (laughs) my client was the only one wearing a tan t-shirt in this lineup, which is obviously prejudicial because it was part of the victim's original statement. Yep. And the judge was like, nah, it's not a problem. Go forth and prosper. I'm sorry. Yeah. So they keep it in evidence. And (laughs) yeah. And so... Uh, this next part is where it really starts to go down in flames. Okay. So if you get confused, please tell me because okay. it's a whole lot of shit. Okay. 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 So during this rape trial, an Oklahoma City police crime lab analyst named Joyce Gilchrist testifies on behalf of the state's evidence. Okay. Okay. And she... Essentially, she's saying that the reason why Pierce's hair is darker than the victim described her attacker having is essentially because Pierce was known to wear a bandana around his head and the lower part of his hair, because he had, like, longer hair, Mm -hmm. the lower part of his hair was bleached by the sun and that was the natural blonde. Like she's testifying to all this shit and um inferring 
that this banding process that happens on hair follicles is the reason for it. So we know we have longer hair. Mm -hmm. In the summer, our hair gets a little bit bleached if we're outside a lot. Mm -hmm. And you know how that can change. And then if we have our hair colored and our roots grow out or whatever... She's saying that that difference in color is due to banding, and she infers to the court that this is why that victim may have identified her attacker as being very blonde when the man you're seeing in court today actually has darker hair. Right. That's totally believable. Okay. Yeah. So, um, she was like, Obviously, he has darker hair, but this is why. So she's just, like, trying to put all the pieces together. Right. Hashtag not her job, but that's fine. Um, <clears throat> now, she noted that his hair had an unusual characteristic. Oh, okay. She used the term unusual characteristic. Okay. And that this is what made the hair samples microscopically consistent was this unusual characteristic. Okay, does she Okay. Okay. Sorry. No, go ahead. What's your does question? She, does she go on to say what this unusual characteristic is, or she just says that's why we can match it microscopically? Exactly. So she never tells you what No. And also what is the unusual characteristic and how are you quantifying that? Right. Have you tested hairs on every human being that's on the planet? Right. What's unusual from right. one this person is, to the next? Like, what are what what characteristic are you talking about? Yeah. Show me how you got to this conclusion. Exactly. Was this ever cross? Was she ever cross examined with this question? So, that's where we're gonna get to. Okay. So. With her explanation of blood typing comparisons, hair hair comparisons, et cetera, et cetera, he is found guilty oh, and sentenced to 65 years in prison. 65. Okay, so first of all, a damn. Yeah. Because most rapists and probably back yeah, in the 80s, like, they got like two years. Or, or six months. Most rapists... I mean, if you're a white guy, yeah. you're like, oh, hey, bro, you have such a healthy life ahead of you. Go forth and prosper, homie. I'm sure you didn't mean it. Right. Like, that's I'm sure you sentence. were just having a bad day. Yeah. You were just having a bad day, buddy. Jesus Christ. Yeah. 65 years. 65 years. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so the defense counsel tried. And God bless them, they um, did what they could after the fact and and tried a couple appeals here and there that didn't um, didn't amount to anything. So let's kind of go over what I didn't just tell you about the court proceedings. So okay. he was sentenced to sixty five years, right? Despite the fact that he. His physical characteristics do not match any part of the description that the victim gave to the cops. Right. And does not match any part of the um, the drawing that was made to describe the attacker. Okay? <laughs> mm-hmm. 
the drawing that was edited a couple of times to get it right. Right. Okay. Also, did I mention Pierce's two co-workers provided an alibi for him that he was at lunch with them when this attack occurred. Also, during that lunch outing, he had purchased diamond earrings for his wife's birthday because that was his wife's birthday in oh. May of uh, 80, 85. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He gave those diamond earrings to her that night. Okay? Mm. So, he, like, what the fuck? He was 24 years old. Jesus. Okay. okay. So, Pierce is setting in prison. Um, the police are like George Bush standing on that aircraft carrier rolling down the mission accomplished banner. They killed it. They got Judy Weikert's murderer. And they got this rapist. Both in the same day. Boom, boom, boom. They don't mm. even have to prosecute him for... Weikert's murder. First of all, they didn't have any evidence against him. Right. But they just considered it mission accomplished, case closed, and moved on with their lives. Like, literally moved on with their lives. And the Weikert family was okay with that? Like, we're not going to get a trial for this? I think that um, police convinced them, like, this is our guy. This is... And... Okay. And this is the only way we're probably going to get him because we just don't have enough to get him for yeah. Judy's. And, okay. he's set, and he's 24 right now. He's setting in prison for 65 years. He's going to die in prison. Right. So you don't even have to worry about it. Right. Okay. <sighs> so, <clears throat> yeah, that's a whole thing. They move on with their lives. Um, and everybody else does, too. Uh. People just kind of forget about, not forget, but they're not actively trying to find Judy Weikert's murderer yeah. at all. Um, so moving forward to 98, 99 timeframe. Okay. So uh, here in Oklahoma, there were a couple of cases that actually made it to, um, through the appeals process, um, to the point of having evidence retested. So uh, there were a couple of different cases. One was a rape case. I think one was a murder case. And um, essentially what happened is the the court, the appeals court was like, yeah, I think you have, you know, grounds to have your biologicals actually tested okay. um, because it was, they were found guilty before DNA testing. Right. Um, and the court was like, yeah, have those biologicals retested and um, these people wound up getting off. Okay. So they were exonerated just through the DNA testing process. Wow. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what these two cases had in common is that they were both uh, prosecuted by the same district attorney's office here in Oklahoma City and the same forensics analyst did the testing and testified at their trials. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, Joyce Gilchrist, oh, our friend. Okay. So people kind of started being like, ooh, this doesn't look great. This is not a good look for like our forensics lab right. and whatever. And the FBI was like, agree, we're going to come do an audit. Oh, no. We're going to come do a forensic audit uh -huh. on your lab. 
and see what the hell is going on up there. So during the time from like mid mid to late 80s to late 90s, Joyce Gilchrist was a beast. Mm-hmm. She was like um, one defense attorney called her black magic. Mm-hmm. She was a black woman, not trying to be, you know, whatever. That was what they called her. Right. And she called herself that. She right. was pretty stoked yeah, she about that. She was knocking nickname. out of the park. Um, because it sort of seemed like everything, every piece of evidence that needed to fit was magically a fit in these cases. So they thought she was just this great chemist, great forensic analyst. And by the time the late 90s rolled around, she was like the um, supervisor of the Oklahoma City um, forensics lab. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm Okay. And one of the biggest issues here is that the Oklahoma City Crime Lab, Forensics Lab, was sort of integrated with the police force. So they worked very closely with police officers. There wasn't a lot of separation there. They worked incredibly closely with district attorneys as well. Um, And this argument is still going on today because this setup happens in a lot of jurisdictions. Right. Like a the, lot. the forensics side should be completely separate from an un it should not be easily swayed. It or it shouldn't be like inter there shouldn't be a lot of opportunity for bias there. But right. when you have people that are on the same payroll as the the police officers Correct. or whatever, yeah. I think that's where the the overlap happens and it is what it is until we are completely running um, forensics labs on like a contract basis where right. everything is completely segregated. Right. Uh, I People have to have morals and ethics. Let's try that on for size. Okay. No? I mean, I think morals and ethics are very, um, um, you know, <laughs> I can pick and choose. You can definitely pick and choose when your paycheck is at stake, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so, um, the FBI does a forensic audit. And they choose eight of her cases okay. from over the years. Um, five of these, no, three of these are death penalty cases. And five are just uh, run-of-the-mill rapes, murders, whatever. Okay? Okay. Of these eight cases, five of them are found to be complete and total fucking nonsense. Oh, my goodness. Like, uh, FBI analyst, it it was, and it, let's be 100% clear here. It wasn't just like one FBI analyst that was like, I'm going to re retest all of this evidence in these cases. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like that at all. Okay. It was like a team of analysts plus OKC crime lab analysts. They would be like, the FBI would like pick the cases and then they would be like, let's look at this evidence again. And they would have multiple eyeballs on the evidence. Okay. okay? Since some of this stuff is very subjective. Right. Right. So, of the eight cases, like I said, five of them complete and total nonsense. Other forensic analysts were like, we don't know how she made 
one and one equal two here. Okay. And this was when was this audit done? I'm sorry. This was like 99. Okay. Question. Uh-huh. Were they retesting these cases with 1999 science or 1985 science? So the majority of this stuff, what you have to realize here is the majority of these cases from the 80s and early 90s Mm -hmm. were, she was doing testimony based on hair and fiber evidence and blood typing. She was not doing testimony based on DNA evidence. Right. Because that's not. Because that wasn't a thing. Not a thing. So they weren't just going in and being like, well, we're going to DNA test all this blood and see what's what's real, real. Okay. They were looking at the hairs. They were looking at fibers. They were looking at all of this stuff. Okay, good. Um, And I'm glad you asked that because I was kind of getting off on a tangent. Um, (laughs) No, it's fine. (laughs) I'll keep you on track, Shan. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um. So they're essentially retesting hairs and fibers and being like, we don't know how she got one and one to equal two here. And we don't know how she was able to testify in court that these were microscopically consistent when they are so obviously not. It's not subject to interpretation. They are not the same thing. They were never the same thing. No. And and unfortunately, it sounds like these were never... Um, cross-examined in any cases, like prove to me how these are the same. Yeah. Do you have pictures? Because like I said before, they were calling this woman black magic and it just made it seem like she would um, talk in such a scientific way that people were like, oh, she knows what the fuck she's talking about. Yeah. But she was just making up some nonsense. Oh, no. Nonsense. Okay. So in these cases that they found that this hair fiber blood typing evidence was just complete nonsense. Um, They were like, let's escalate it. And where we have blood, let's go ahead and DNA. Let's go ahead and do DNA testing. One of these cases was Jeffrey Todd Pierce's case. Oh God. Okay. Okay. So when they escalated it to test the blood evidence and the semen evidence that was recovered from the victim, Mm -hmm. not a fucking match. At all. At all. And this same situation happened with multiple other cases. Oh, shit. Okay? Okay. So at this point, we now have multiple exonerations happening because of the FBI audit. Right. And their recommendation that these people should be immediately released. Right. And their records cleared because nonsense. So then it became it becomes like a whole thing right. because when they're doing this forensic audit initially, they're just kind of like, yeah, we'll see where the chips fall, you know, yeah. whatever. Then it becomes a whole fucking thing. Then a lot of chips fell. A lot of chips fell. Okay. And um, Gilchrist gets fired, which good. That's the step they're gonna take. Yeah. Um. Gilchrist gets fired. The The police crime lab has a massive overhaul. <laughs> massive overhaul. Mm-hmm. And tons, tons of defense attorneys are like, hell yeah, I'm about to shoot my shot. Uh, can you retest our evidence based on this? Yeah. Because just this, the findings of this forensic audit alone opened up the doors for every case that she had ever testified in. Based upon forensic evidence, Mm -hmm. hair fiber, biologicals, whatever. It opened up the door for every case that she had ever testified in 
to be reopened and retested. And if your defense attorney was on their shit, that's what they did. Yeah. In the early 2000s. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a whole thing. And the for a while, the Oklahoma City Crime Lab went down in flames. Like, I remember this. Yes. I remember it happening. It was such a big deal. And everyone was like, what? She sued them. They countersued her. Like, it was a whole thing. It was a big deal. Um, and a lot of a lot of people got exonerated. And like I said, three of those cases were death row cases. That's terrifying. Yeah. Okay. Um, so anyway, at this point, Jeffrey Tar- Todd Pierce is 40 years old. His wife had divorced him and took her twin sons to move to Michigan mm-hmm. and literally never told her children about their father because she was so like. How could this happen? Right. And how could I be married to someone that was a rapist? Right. You know? So, anyway. He was released in 2001. Given a full pardon, all of that, um, all that stuff. He reunited with his wife and was able to get to know his children. Oh, that's good. And now lives his life, which I don't know how you could. I would just be bitter and angry for the rest of my life, right. frankly. But I, well, I hope that he's not. Yeah. But so here's a fun fact. Okay. <clears throat> when they re-ran the semen evidence um, and actually like analyzed it and put it in CODIS, Okay. Which is the DNA database. They got a fucking hit. Oh. Mm-hmm. They okay. did. All right. <sighs> they got a hit to a gentleman. This was in 2001. They got a hit to a gentleman that was 41 years old at the time. Same age as Pierce. Okay. So he would have been in his 20s when this happened. For, yeah. 41-year-old man in Oklahoma City. Has a history of sex offenses. Okay. But living his best life in Oklahoma City? Living his best life, just chilling in Oklahoma City. That sounds about right. (laughs) Okay. Um, They can't do anything about it because the statute of limitations is up. Because it was a rape. Yeah. And they have the wrong guy setting in prison for, yeah, for 15 years. At what point? So the statute was up. At what point? Do you think we'll ever get rid of the statute of limitations on rape? Because obviously it's not a one-time thing. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to happen multiple times. Yeah. And if you can. I am pro get rid of the statute altogether. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm especially pro getting rid of the statute of limitations on uh, crimes against children. Uh, yes. Since a lot of those people don't report and don't. um don't convey what actually happened to them until they're They're adults. Yeah. Um, But yeah, they, they know exactly who this person is. They cannot do a goddamn thing about it. The statute was up in 1993 and this is 2001. For the love of fuck. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, so he is really just living his best life then. Yep. Just living in Oklahoma City. What a piece um, of shit. Probably what? raping some other people. 
Oh, well, 100%. He doesn't, they don't just stop. Yep. Yep. So, like I mentioned, um, Gilchrist got fired, right? Right. Uh, they had to review every one of her 3,000 cases from over the years. 3,000. 3,000 mm-hmm. cases? So, in addition to the fact that she was completely full of shit, and essentially making ev- making evidence fit the crime, not analyzing the evidence, but just being like, yep, this this your guy, go get him. She was also a terrible fucking manager when she was managing the lab. Uh-oh. And they found that she was like uh unceremoniously getting rid of evidence, like trashing evidence, not holding it for its full cuz you know there are time frames that you have to keep evidence for. Right. Um she would just like trash shit. Just, like, go on a purge every once in a while and just, like, nope. Um, So, she never was charged with any wrongdoing. Okay. She literally was fired, Mm -hmm. tried to collect unemployment, couldn't, and then sued the city saying that her firing was in retaliation to her filing a sexual harassment complaint. Yeah. Like, okay, whatever. Uh, Whatever, bitch. She lived out the rest of her life in Texas. She's dead now. She ruined a lot of people's lives. Yes, she did. I, I, one side of me, like one part is like, okay, she was just someone that was just trying to get ahead. This was 80s woman in charge. Yeah. Of and any she type was of a male lab scientist yes. in a very white male lab. Yes. yes. And one part of me is like, she probably was doing what she deemed necessary to keep the rank she was at to please these white men yeah. that she had to deal with 1,000%. day in and day out because we know that in the 80s, they were not going to take kindly to her. No. Being in any type of power. No. She did what she could to maintain good relationships with cops. Right. She did what she could to maintain good relationships with d- district attorneys. Right. And it came back to bite her in the ass because she was the only one doing it. Right. And that's what makes me so sad is that a lot of other people suffered because of you know, she there's no telling. I mean, I don't play the game. I don't know. I don't know this person at all. But I, in my mind, it's just I really want. I really like to take the side of the woman, <laughs> and just like she, I do. I too, want but to think that she's doing what she needed. Massive piece of shit like that, and like, I mean, I would love to say she was like woman power and scientist of the day and killing it with everything. But she took what could have been probably a really um a good career path right and she made herself the bane of the forensic science community mm-hmm. because now this is a problem right the 3000 cases is a huge problem yeah, yeah. this is a problem Oof. and now you're the problem oh god and you're you're flipping the script instead of saying like yeah i fucked up i you know, 
I got a little in too deep with trying to impress people in the DA's office or right. the the police department. Yeah. Instead of saying that, you're like, oh, I was sexually harassed and they didn't want me to say anything about it. Yeah. After the fact, after you've already been found to be incompetent, completely fucking incompetent Ugh. to the point of being brazenly incompetent. And if any of these defense attorneys had any fucking clue about forensics, they would have disputed you. Right. But you sounded so good saying what you were saying. Right. That you convinced everybody. Yeah, that's true. You know? Ugh. So, yeah. So, anyway, we could do a whole fucking thing on Joyce Gilchrist and the, the 3, OKC Crime Lab. A whole thing. It, well, and the Oklahoma City Crime Lab went years without, years without an actual manager, right? Yes. It was a, it was a fuster cluck from the beginning. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. it was a hot mess. Yeah, after that. It was just not the place to be, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway... Anyway, <laughs> that, I mean, the the biggest problem is Judy Weikert has no resolution. Right. Because they thought they had their guy and they all just walked away from it. Uh, the apartment rape victim has no resolution because they know exactly who her fucking and attacker is, is and they can't do shit about it because they charged the wrong guy. So at, are they able to tell her who her rapist was? I have I wonder? no idea what the what the rules are around that. I For the love of God, if it's we have did. to keep this private for his sake because of privacy laws. Well, I wonder if they not. have to keep it private so she won't go out and, like, murder his ass. Which, whatever. I mean, but. could could somebody accidentally, like, slip it under her door? I, like, l- like I said, I do not know the rules. raped her and stabbed her. Yes. Got away with it for years. Literally, they found out who was and still is getting away. Do you? Yes. That would send any woman into a complete rage. I agree. And, like, if you were even partially recovered or healed from this whole fucking experience, because from what I read, I didn't go into it, but from what I read, her rape was horrific. Right. Horrific. Um, And if she was even partially recovered or partially, like, in a good place, and then you find out, 15 years later, yeah, we know who it is. This guy still lives in Oklahoma City and we can't do shit about it. You, I I personally am not mental health-wise strong enough to not spiral out of control oh, with right. that information. Right. Right? Right. So I'm just kind of like, Jesus Christ. So she has no resolution it's at awful. all. It's awful. Judy Weikert's family has zero resolution mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at all. Right. And Jeffrey Todd Pierce wasted 15 years Mm -hmm. not knowing his children and being away from his wife, who obviously is the love of his life. He is still married to her. They got back together. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm just like, I have so many questions, but like, my biggest question is, 
is the DNA found on Judy Weikert still viable for testing? That's what I was going to ask. Like, do we know? It, or did fucking Joyce Gilchrist throw what, it away? Was it thrown away? Was yeah. it part of a, a purge that was done in the, yeah. the crime lab? That's what I'm saying. Like, lab. I mean, did we just toss it because we thought we got our guy and we moved on with our life? Or is it super degraded or, right. you know, whatever. Right. But is, like, genetic genealogy available? Like, what are we doing to solve this brutal murder, um, you know, 35 years later? Yeah. Yeah. Right? I, I'm just... It just blows my mind, yeah. Yeah. I'd like to know if there are still any viable biologics from that case. And... Yeah. It's, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Like, if you're not mad about any of this, because... Yeah. This stuff still goes on. There are crime labs still set up like this across the nation. 100%. This shit is still going on. Like, we only recently found out within the past few years that hair comparison is nonsense. Mm -hmm. Fiber comparison is nonsense. Blood spatter is nonsense. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. there are complete... I mean, there are people that were put to death based on some of this science that we thought was really great. And now we know it's complete fucking nonsense. Right. So if you're not mad about any of this at this mm-hmm, point, mm-hmm. like we can't help you. Right. You know, I think, I think too, I mean, just you have to look back on the time that they were in, in the eighties. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They had nothing to go on. Those are the only yeah. sciences they knew of. Well, and that's the thing. And if you have, like, even when I was in school, they would say, you know, put them side by side under a microscope. What are the characteristics that you're seeing? Are they similar? Yes or no. But what Joyce Gilchrist was doing that you absolutely can't do, what we were talking about, that it's like she um, noted it as, what, a weird... uh, Unusual unusual characteristic Uh you can't you can't say things like that that aren't quantifiable okay okay so if she were to say 99 percent of the world's population does not have this characteristic happening in their hair and this is exactly what it is that is more appropriate since you're actually quantifying right what you're seeing right but she would just be like, nah, this is a weird, weird anomaly and move on with her life. She wasn't quantifying anything. She wasn't, she wasn't yeah. doing any of that. And that's where the biggest issues came. It was like, you're just spouting off that like, yeah, these hairs are the same and you say so because you're a scientist. Right. right. Bananas. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So that's how the murder of a jogger in Northwest Oklahoma City, almost brought down the entire OKC crime lab. Oh, my gosh. That's bananas, Shan. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. God bless the internet. They're telling me so many things. I'm just, yeah. You can yeah. find out so many things nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome, Shan. Thank you. Yeah. If you've enjoyed this episode or you're just really optimistic that we'll only get better from here, Like, subscribe, follow You're Doing Fine Oklahoma on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at You're Doing Fine OK Pod. That's you are underscore 
doing underscore fine underscore okay underscore pod.